Good morning, and welcome to the TechConnects podcast, Business of Your Business. I'm your host, Ryan Ellis. And this morning, on this very snowy May 28th, 2021, <laughs> we have the amazing Keith Chang, president of Sonova Canada and former CEO of Silver Point Media, which is located here in lovely Markham, Ontario. And Keith is a board member of the ACCE, which is the Association of Chinese Canadian Entrepreneurs. I would like to welcome Keith Chang. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, man. Really do appreciate your time. I know you are a business, a very busy businessman, international travel, and uh, <laughs> you have lots going on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, so obviously, the first question I've been asking over the last year, the biggest one, how have you been over the last year, your family, and how has uh, Sonova Canada been with COVID for the last 14 months? Uh, it's been really interesting. We we were very fortunate leading into that last March, call it, when things went into shutdown. We had just actually got back from filming in Germany and Portugal, and literally several weeks after, it, there was a shutdown. So, you know, it was kind of an interesting point where we were trying to figure out what to do, what's going to happen, but we were fortunate enough going into it that we had work that we still had to finish we still had to produce um so we were finding you know clients needed to modify but then also at home the family had to modify things had to change the kids were all going online or part-time into school it was a really weird function um i believe the kids have definitely found it challenging being online um even finding ourselves doing a lot of zoom calls and and things like that and meetings with the team and meetings with our client had to alter but i think we you know definitely have all adjusted to it now and you know i really do feel it's probably not the best thing for kids they need to be engaged they need to be out there um for us on the business side you know we're able to continue we're still able to create the communications it's a little bit different but you know we've had to modify a little bit so with the modifications to uh, filming, uh, especially uh, within the U.S. and overseas, you know, how are you able to accommodate or finish projects um, that needed additional filming? What, did you use extra B-roll? Was there more creative um, parts to creating the, you know, the commercials, um, the stories um, that you were doing? It it did really change a lot. We had to figure out what to really do at that point, because we realized at that point with some of our films before we were able to go into people's homes, we were able to film our interviews and B-roll in their homes or outside. And now with the ability not able to do that, you know, pretty much by mid-March, we were thinking, okay, what are we gonna do now? How are we gonna, you know, uh, take those next steps? And we looked into developing the self-filming kits. And we figured, hey, if we can't go in, why don't we create something that can be packaged and dropped off in, at, the, at their front door so they can assemble in their home, but make it easy enough to assemble, small enough and compact enough that it could achieve what we needed. Um, you know, it's definitely not the same as being there, but we had to kind of rethink how it was going to happen and also 
you know, getting our directors in there and our producers in there at the same time. So having people log on to a Zoom call and, you know, helping them set it up, connecting it to their computer so we could see what's coming through the lens and then working along with them that way and then actually conducting the interview through the Zoom call while they were looking to lens. So we did modify, we did create, we actually have six kits that have been traveling all over Canada. Um, you know, most recently, um, the US is more open. So we used a crew, our crew down there, but had our directors patch in to work along with the crew there to get the vision that we wanted. So again, it's, it's a bit of a modification because we would have been down there, we would have been, you know, filming it, but <clears throat> sending local crew that we had available down there. But again, for setup and direction, we were able to patch in online and do that. So it's, it's, it's been interesting that way as well with the latest modifications in the US. But here in Canada, it, you know, filming has continued. We've had to, you know, do some different things. But um, especially if we're going into a location, as again, we a lot more COVID protocols and understanding and smaller uh, shrinking our crew down a bit to make sure it works. So you alluded to innovation, and um, I know we spoke earlier about the the kit, and I was I was amazing, you know, you know, working on the fly to you know, create the content you needed, but how do you go about, you know, getting there, but you can't be there in person. So, you know, kudos to your team, to your engineers for creating, you know, the one-stop shop box for uh, filming and uh, editing and, you know, creating content. What, like, where do you see film and TV uh, going um, in the next couple of years with everything that has happened? I know that you guys work, um, you do a lot of award shows, uh, you know, billboard music awards. How are things changed with little to no people or people watching it live? How have you been able to create, you know, what would normally be a huge show without the people? So how has the dynamic changed? And, you know, what, what does film and TV look like, especially with, you know, contact with people? You know, I know that you're not into fighting scenes or other <laughs> scenes that, you know, of a physical nature, but, you know, how, how, how's the film industry going to address yeah, keeping everybody safe and, you know, going forward? Well, it, it's been interesting because there's a lot more protocols now. There's a lot more things put in place. Like, I mean, we're right now um, setting up to film a commercial and, you know, being in a condo unit, what are the restrictions? How many people can we, can we have in there? Social distancing, you know, so all those elements now have to be considered where in the past we didn't have to consider those elements, but now it's how many crew are in there? How, you know, do we have people set stuff up and then leave and then other crew comes in to execute? So there definitely is a lot more modification. Um, you know, in the US, they have opened up the doors more they are actually having their first, you know, events where there are get togethers, there are limited number of people, but they are still coming together. I mean, I don't know if you've even recently saw on some of the baseball games, there's a lot of people in the stands. So, um, you know, as things as the vaccinations and those things are done, I think events and things like that will be hybrids in the meantime. But as, you know, the case counts go down and things like that, I feel people are hungering 
for that connection point. They are hungering to get back to events. I feel that, you know, once, you know, as, as Canada, we are always a little bit more conservative. We are a little bit more safe, but we are also a little bit more behind it right now uh, compared to the U.S. where so many people are vaccinated already. Um, that I think us as social beasts do need to come together, you know, and that create those connection points. I feel that a lot of people are hungering for that as well as the travel. Um, for us on the film side, I mean, it has continued. We've had to be very cautious about it all. And then with the self-filming kits where people aren't able to, you know, go into the office or do that, that's where those things have come in handy. Um, we have medical clients. So where we used to film patients in their homes and stuff, they're much more high risk. So these kits really resolve those issues, but still allowed the company to spread their message or talk about the, the, you know, the elements that they needed to uh, for their event. So, you know, even the hosting live events element, I feel that there will be somewhat still a hybrid of it. But once I think people have that comfort level or a lot of people are wanting to really kind of come together again. Uh, you mentioned uh, filming within Canada and uh, within the United States. Um, can you walk me through the process of uh, how you, you know, Silver Point uh, became a part of the Sonova family? How, uh, how, did, uh, how did their acquisition of uh, Silver Point uh, come to fruition? Well, we were fortunate enough to meet Sonova uh, many years ago. Um, I was down in an event in the US and uh, Sonova was there doing the staging, the lighting, the technical elements, um, you know, all the all the video screens, and um, they saw the content that we were posting up. So, you know, able to create some connections there. And over the years, we kept seeing each other, and you know, led to uh, them opening up a Canadian division, which was led by Dave Craneford, who's the CEO, and. I've known Dave for close to 18 years now because I did work for him before for other live events before he became Sonova. So we started having conversation. I met the guys down in the US and the conversation really took place. And um, there looked like there are some great synergies that could really come together. And um, it took me some time to really come to, to terms with where I wanted to be. So it was a, a bit of a fear year process um i have to say they have a lot of patience with me so they <laughs> they could have went to probably many other media companies and other production companies but um you know a few years down the road uh we came into conversation and it really led down that road that it was a great synergy and and i felt it was a a great place to be um i met a lot of the guys in the us uh dave here i have a great relationship with so it just seemed like the right thing to do. But also I knew that Silver Point had hit a certain point where I thought it needed a transformation. It needed something to change. So uh, with me, I was never really adverse to change. So it was really looking at, okay, where is this gonna take us? What, what does this offer for us to do further? So that's where it kind of, the conversations really started right there. All right. All right. So with, you know, being a part of the Sonova family, and obviously you are the CEO of the Canadian division, do you still have 100% control? 
of what you're able to do, or do you actually, is there a reporting structure now to Sonova in the United States, or are you kind of an independent state within the family? We're, uh, so Dave is the CEO, I'm the president now uh, of Sonova Canada, and we're linked to the guys in the US. Um, and uh, Kevin uh, Harvey is the uh, CEO over there and uh, Frank McMinn is the president. And uh, we're linked, but we are kind of our own entity as well within Canada. So Dave and I do have a lot of uh, autonomy to what we do, but linked with the US and branding and how we look, how we feel. And again, creating those links together to create a broader uh, element. And what we bring within the content side and Dave's expertise in the live event side, and then those guys down there who have uh, a plethora of elements that they can, that they have expertise in, whether it be from the actual live event staging to actually, you know, what they have is a systems area where they can do all the back end construction for, you know, um, uh, permanent installations or installations that stay a lot longer or doing head offices such as Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, you know, doing their, their front offices. Uh, one of the latest projects they did was all the, you know, boardrooms and installations uh, for Crunchyroll. So, you know, kind of cool in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's always a lot of interesting projects. And then for us up here, we really are that content arm or the, the, the story building video arm of it with Dave's expertise in live events. Excellent. I'm gonna go uh, back in history. <laughs> um, not gonna go too far. Um, you know, what led you down this path? What got Keith Chang into film and production and starting Silverpoint? Um, I was very fortunate. At the beginning of my career, I, I was able to join a company which gave me a lot of flexibility. Uh, one of my mentors, Lumer Hladek, he was an incredible mentor. He ran a company called Sutton Javelin and he gave me my first opportunity. He gave me my first job literally straight out of school. Um, and, you know, I studied graphic design, but always had a love for film. And uh, they gave me an opportunity to, uh, you know, kind of build a video arm and an interactive media arm to their company and gave me that opportunity to help build that. And from there, it was, it was really, my father was always an entrepreneur and, you know, I felt, okay, maybe this is kind of the next step for me. So, um, you know, moving into that and leaving, you know, uh, Sutton Javelin and creating a company. And that's when Silverpoint kind of came around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a one man shop by myself, but again, you know, without the support of many people around me, it wouldn't have happened. And it really was that year in and that growth uh, that uh, Stanya Mashida came on board and he's been with me for 20, six years now so you know it, it, it really is the people that surround you that make the company strong that have built the company to where it is and then this next level like knowing Dave that long and partnering with him it's that's that's what's made the company stronger is the people that surround me so you mentioned your father um, you know what kind of uh, what kind of guidance uh, did your father provide and you know what characteristics did you inherit from your father? <laughs> he, he's a great you know, entrepreneur. You are a great entrepreneur. So, you know, 
what are the similarities and what are some of the dissimilarities um, between you and your father? Um, I think I, I, I learned a, a lot from him in that manner. He was definitely very uh, tough, right? Had that very, I learned a lot of lessons and lessons that I didn't understand until later. Um, you know, he ran a successful import export company. He had hobby stores like selling radio controlled models and stuff. And, uh, you know, sh long story short, he, you know, at, at, at 12, he made me go sweep floors for a dollar an hour, you know, in the, during the whole summer, which, you know, I, I basically hated him for. And then at 13, he made me do stock inventory. You know, at 14, he, he made me ship out, um, you know, mail order and catalogs. And then at 15, he put me behind the counter to sell. Uh, it wasn't only until many years later that I understood, ah, he, he was pulling a Mr. Miyagi on me, you know. So it is, it is at that point that I truly understood that, oh, this is what he was prepping me for. These are the types of skill sets that he was providing to me. And you know, he instilled them in a very different way because it was, you know, that's the way Asians kind of taught back then. But it also helped me kind of look forward now how to alter that and change that and encourage my kids to do something in a different way. So it was really that inspiration that helped me. And I really do feel that that helped me land my first job with the Sutton Javelin. And it literally was that quick. I took off my robe at my graduation at Sheridan College, stepped into an interview that afternoon and Lumiere offered me a job the next day. So, you know, that's where it all started. So I've been very, like, again, very fortunate that, that these things have happened for me. Excellent. Quick question, um, and I, I know this is off the cuff, but it's uh, something that's been in the media for the last couple of days. Um, purchase of MGM studios by Amazon, what kind of ripple effect will that have for other studios um, within um, the industry? And obviously with Disney purchasing um, the rights to Marvel and what, what, what is this going to do for the, is this a positive? Is this something that can be negative um, for the industry? I think there's always going to be the giants. There's always going to be the Walmarts of the industry, right? There's always going to be people that are wanting the materials. Sure, by creating these bigger giants, you'll be able to create, um, you know, bigger, better, more. Um, but for me, it's always the fact that there's all the boutiques around that create the independent content, that create some of the movies and stuff that blow your mind that, you know, they, they won at the Oscars on whatever dollar that they had or, you know, so I, I do feel that content is always or movies or film or, uh, you know, corporate stories are always going to be told in a way by people who are driven to tell them. And that's something we firmly believe in is, you know, the word storytelling has been probably beaten to death, but it, it, if told well and told with a heart and told with a passion, and that's what we even talk to our corporate clients about is it's, it's not about the product. It's about 
the heart behind it. It's about the why, you know, always asking yourself why. And I feel that there's always so much out there, whether it be documentaries, movies, films, big budget films. If, it, if it's told well, people will engage and people will dive into um, visuals and storytelling that will kind of drive your emotions, right? Whether it be happy, sad, you know, what, however it strikes you, it has to hit at the heart, right? And that's the thing we firmly believe in is you have to hit at the heart. If you can give all, and, and same thing that we've even talked to our, our clients about, you can give all the stats you want. I mean, you've listened to enough stuff. If I give you a whole bunch of st stats by the end of it, I can ask you what you've retained from those statistics. It, it's, there's no retention to stats, but if something hits you in the heart, but had an element of those statistics in there, but hit you at the heart, you can remember that. That's something you'll remember. That's something you'll carry with you. And I think that's the key element behind anything that we do and anything that we approach, whether it be a live event, whether it be an event for a medical company or, or a film that we're doing for a corporation, is how do we create something that somebody will remember? And I think that's, that's always the key to ask right is where does that come from and it's a, there's a beginning middle end you know even when we tell our stories right and when you're telling stories with friends right where did it start you know what was the challenge and then how did you overcome it right those are all the things that create a great story and within there is where do you find that empathy and that connection what is your biggest takeaway or lesson learned over the last 14 months? Uh, to, to be really honest. Please be. Um, what family has meant? Time. And the biggest thing I've learned is I used to feel that to completely build a business, I had to fully immerse myself in it 24 seven. Um, and I think you lose track by building that, that when I blinked my eyes, I turn around and see how big my kids are now. And what did I miss? And the thing that COVID, if anything has taught me is the balance that I can still create contacts, I can still get jobs signed off. I can still build a business, but I can balance my time out with family, with friends. And I feel that's, if anything I can say to anybody, and it may sound really bad, <laughs> is COVID is probably the best thing that happened to me because it taught me to slow down and think differently. That before I thought building a business meant you had to, you still have to immerse yourself, but I immersed everything into it, forgetting that there's other parts of it that actually help you get better. I think I'm better now because of the fact that I allow for more time for family and for my kids and for my wife, that I'm actually better now and stronger now as a business person on that side of the stuff and can build a company that has more empathy and looking at my team and looking at the people that are there and 
creating something different? I think I, I, I don't disagree with your comment about COVID. It's been a great thing. It has been terrible for a lot of reasons, but it's also been great for another, for a lot of other reasons. And I agree completely with having my three kids here at home on and off from school, but I've been able to, you know, enjoy watching them do schoolwork. The fact that we've done little projects together. Um, yeah, it gets a little hairy sometimes, but at the end, you know, this is, this is a point in our lives we'll never forget. This is forever etched in our brains and our hearts about yep. what COVID has done. But yeah, um, no, I, uh, yeah, like, I think a lot of people are happy there was a reset button because where were we headed? Not, we can't do 24 7, 365, and there are people that are living that lifestyle. You can only last so long. And for what? what? What what's the end goal? Like to completely be unhappy, unhealthy, no friends, no no connections. You know, yeah, we might get in trouble for saying this, but I think we needed the reset. Um, unfortunately, you know, there was people affected, um, people passed away. You know, stuff bad stuffs happened, but you know, there's been good stuff as well. So that's, um, you know, I'm right there with you. Um, I guess my, my last question for you, Keith, is, uh, you know, what does the next year look like for Sonova and uh, filming and, um, you know, Uncharted Waters? Where are you guys headed? No, we're, we love challenging change. That's always been part of who we are, uh, even Dave himself and how he's, you know, manifested change throughout his career. And even for me, building Silverpoint at a certain point was always about evolution, so really seeing that further extension is, you know, where will live events go? Well, how will people come back and interact? Will they interact in a completely different way? How will building video content change within how we tell the stories or how we impact people? I feel that's a major part of our, our essence of who we are. It's more than a mission is how do we affect people with what we do more than, hey, come shoot a video, or come shoot a film or come. How do we affect people with what we do? How do we inspire people with what we do? And that was the same thing, like sitting down with ACCE, you know, with Asian Heritage Month, you know, what are we doing? Like, here are these other organizations that have come out with these kind of videos on, you know, empowering Asians and blah, blah, blah. And our thinking was, I said, instead of everybody's gone down the route of hey you know stop asian hate stop this but what if we went down a route that says hey what have these you know immigrants that have come into canada the the, the kids the asian kids that have been born into canada how have we affected our communities with what we've done in a positive way yeah, do we want to stop Asian hate? Do we want to see the, the violence stop? Of course, but there's enough people speaking that message. But what about the, the great positive elements that we've contributed to society, that we've contributed to Canada's melting pot, as we call it, like this great country of diversity? And yes, there's all those elements, but looking forward in that angle, right? Looking forward to see what we can innovate to change. But even then, you know, I also sit on a board for uh, Union Villa, which is a long-term care home. 
which, uh, you know, something I felt deeply about that. Yes, a lot of the kids, there's lots of kids programs, a lot of kids help, but the elderly get kind of pushed to the side, right? So, you know, what is it that's important to create for them, to create the messaging that, you know, these were people that were the fabric of our community. They helped build what we have today to some degree and what they've contributed. So looking at those things is, you know, as a company ourselves is how to create the impact. And it's more than just doing a job. It's more than just creating a company. It's, but it's creating a company that truly has empathy to what we do and how we do it. We understand the day-to-day, but it really is looking forward to where we can support our communities, where we can jump in and help communities grow. And that's just gonna make whatever we do better. Well, Keith, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for your uh, your insight. And um, I wish uh, you and your family in Sonova, Canada, nothing but the best uh, in 2021 and um, really do appreciate your time. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for bringing me on and all the best to you and the fam as well, man. Awesome. Have a great day. You too, man. Thank you once again for listening to the Tech Connects podcast, Business of Your Business, with myself, Ryan Ellis. I want to thank Keith Chang, President of Sonova Canada, for his time, his thoughts, and his uh, retrospective and his overview of uh, you know the last year with his uh, with himself, his family, with work, the film industry within Canada and the United States. And uh, just a quick reminder to all the listeners out there that uh, Tech Connects is the only member-directed industry association focused on the cost-effective growth of tech businesses and their people through the sharing of best practices, business insights, and bright ideas. We thank you, everybody, um, and we really look forward to our next podcast, which will be in June. So have a great day and uh, be safe.